the frames. Music, movies, culture, and faith. Featuring your hosts, John Gibson and Joel Flores. Hey there, welcome to Between the Frames. I'm your host, John Gibson, joined by Joel Flores. And we the are super groovy. Super groovy. We are here <laughs> to talk to you um, about all things music, movies, culture, and faith. So, yeah, let's get and, on it. Yeah, and today we are doing something a little bit different. Up to this point, we have really mm. just been focusing on. On movies, um, I feel like we got to do like a big dramatic intro here or something like that. I, I know, like where's the drum roll <laughs> and the theme music, and I'll oh, put it yeah. in in post production. How about okay, that? Okay, there you go, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we but but one of the things that we really wanted to do when we started this was to to talk about all things culture, not just movies, but I mean, there's there's more things to to pop culture than just movies. There's there's music, right. there's there's TV. And so um, we're, I wouldn't say we're taking a detour. We're just starting to delve into some of that other stuff today in today's episode. Um, and uh, today we're going to look at um, what may be called a phenomenon, I guess. Uh, well, that's I mean, right. Something cult- like a phenomenon. Culturally. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, so I just I just would like to say I ha- I have to say this because Do it's it. the snobby snobbiness in me. <laughs> <clears throat> I am an OG of what you are about to prepare today. The same with was with Cobra Kai. Okay, I had YouTube Red, saw it all before it was on Netflix, and everybody nice. sold out. Just kidding. There you go. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, okay, so so what are, what are we unveiling? Because I'm a nerd and have too much time on my hands. Apparently, no, no, no. So yeah, so we are unveiling today Ted Lasso. Um, yes, which was nominated. It was nominated for 20 Emmy Awards uh, just a few weeks ago, and it was the winner of seven Emmy Awards. So, um, if you haven't had a chance to watch some of those speeches, I, I was watching um, uh, Jason Sudeikis's uh, speech just a couple days ago, and. Um, it's like, was, it's like it's like a teep, it's like a teepee in a wigwam. Uh, Two tents. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, if I mean, if you have, have, maybe you've been an OG fan like Joel, and that you saw it from the very beginning. Um, I, I'll tell you what. But Joel, it's okay wanted, where you joined in. It's all right wherever well, anybody I, joins in. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like I am. I mean, it's partly in my upbringing, but I'm like such a huge skeptic with so many things that um, I generally have to find out for myself. So, like, I, I don't, I don't read Rolling Stone a ton. I don't read Entertainment Weekly a ton. Like, I'll, I'll follow news here and there. I, I honestly don't even know where I get my pop culture stuff. Probably from you, buddy. But <laughs> well, I, to, to be honest with you, I just, I just scrolled through and, and saw it, and I was like, hey, I like, I like the cast. I like the premise, and you know, I had Apple TV kind of, kind of as a free intro. Now I have it as my bundle, but just jumped on it some of those shows like somebody was asking me the other day have you seen c i'm like uh yeah nice <laughs> oh my gosh no but you know uh yeah. it, it, it's it, it's the i'm kind of skeptical like you though dude like like yeah. more than you think i mean i didn't take you know two decades to get an iphone but basically you know like i'm i'm i was a slow adopter as well so yeah. you know yeah. this is just one of those things where i jumped on it because it looked interesting and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden all around us there's like everybody's like talking about it right? right right well and and i i mean you know i'm the guy who when when i see best picture like whoever wins best picture i'm like yep. oh this this is gonna suck like i just don't think it's gonna <laughs> be good because I, I i mean the history of the academy in my opinion has been that that they have uh, probably blown it as much as they have like nailed it. So oh, for sure. Um, and, and there have been some movies that I've been like, oh my gosh, how could you guys even award this movie uh, oh, dude, a, a best picture? So yep. I, I mean, if if people who consider themselves to be intelligent, like the the Academy of Motion Pictures, are able to make decisions like bad decisions like that, then the general population can easily make bad decisions too. So that's the way that I come to stuff. And, and like you, Hey man, maybe I sound like a snob and that's fine. Um, that's okay. 
You can call me a snob. I'm an Enneagram 8, too, so I know that I'm always right and everybody else is wrong. So <laughs> that's all that matters anyway. Well, listen, <laughs> listen there's also there's also cult classics, right? There are some things where you're like, how did that not win? Like to this day, people still argue about, you know, how did Val Kilmer not win? He was robbed of the Oscar for Doc Holliday, which is like the quintessential performance right like still they still talk about it like you were robbed you were robbed but what's funny is um speaking of which and maybe this is something we should explore down the road this is how we keep doing episodes um one that i felt like they got right that was kind of under the radar was um did you see michelle pfeiffer's recent movie french exit charlotte and i saw it in the movies and that was a good movie okay like great story so every once in a while i feel like Sometimes those indie films that are on the outside, yep. like that's where then people will be like, oh, let me check that out. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, the one with uh, the one with Anthony Hopkins where he was losing his oh, uh, the mind father. Alzheimer's. Oh, yeah. Yes, father. Man, oh, that was. Geez. You told. Yeah, you okay. told me about that one. I watched it. We'll probably have to do a future episode on that. One yeah. Because, well, maybe we'll do like I mean, the uh, the indie, the indie Oscar films or something. Oh, like yeah. Ones no, that would be out. good. Yeah. yeah I, hey. So yeah. So I I was not an early adopter with Ted Lasso. I heard everybody. I heard the buzz around it even before the Emmys. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. and then I just happened to upgrade my um, my phone and my iPad, and I was like, I get a free three months of Apple TV. I mm-hmm. unlike others am not an Apple enthusiast. I I, I have mm-hmm. friends like you who who love Apple. And I think part of it is just because I'm stubborn and I just also want to stick it to the man. So I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to get an iPhone just for that. So right now we are a house. It took completely, me a long time, to be honest. OK, I, I mean, we're a house completely divided. Like the two my two older kids have phones and one of them has an Android. One of them has an iPhone. Carrie has an iPhone. I have an Android. So, like, Chloe is going to be the deciding factor in three years when she gets a phone. And I I guarantee you, well, I I won't guarantee, but I I have an estimate or an assumption of where she's going to go. But um, and I think that us Android users are going to be on the you know, losing end of that it's, battle. It's okay, but. John. It's okay. Eventually you'll, uh, you'll come to Jesus. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Hey, well, listen, yeah. to be honest with you, to be honest with you, where I really, um, I started actually with the iPads and the thing for me was the portability. But then when I started doing a lot of creative and final cut and all that stuff, it, it made sense for me to have the various devices because I could work on different things at different times. That makes sense. Yeah. So oh, the portability absolutely. for the, for the creative stuff is just yes. really good. Oh yeah. So, and, and, and I have, and, I mean, we got PC at home. Uh, I had an yeah. Android phone for years and it was totally fine. But then I was like, man, I just want to have all my, you know, I had all my library on the Mac and I'm like, I just want my stuff in one place. So, I, you know, Hey, that. they're just good oh, at yeah. it. They're just good at it. So anyway, they make well, me well, mad and, too. Uh, and 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 honestly, the, this episode really—I promise—we're not being sponsored by Apple or or no, by Android. We we might have wished that we were, but um, <laughs> but anyway. So so yeah, I I started watching Ted Lasso, and it it took me a couple episodes to get mm-hmm. into it, and and then I I think I was intrigued at first, which is probably a really good word to use for how I find myself often with stuff that I right, I'm right. intrigued by something. It, it and then it sucks me in and I'm I'm completely hooked. So um, we're gonna do our best. I, I mean, I think what we're gonna end up doing today is just probably talking about ha- the the first half of season one because I, I, I want to give this this room and space for us to to really talk about it. Mm-hmm. So yes. um, so anyway, I, I mean, if if you're familiar with the show. Uh, good if you're not i mean you you can be familiar um just because of what i do i always like to add little kind of um warnings to people beforehand like if you are not used to uh like a dublin-esque uh um what's the word that i'm thinking of here vocabulary then, well, it's the, the um, colloquialisms there. Like you know, they say the f word a lot. It's what he's getting to, and things like that. And the, and the point is, is it, it, you know, like I lived in Australia, and it was the same thing. Where um, that actually doesn't mean anything there. It's words like, like that we would think mean nothing. Actually, are the worst words that they use in their language. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So those take on certain things. It's more like. Um, 
it's it's kind of like they're saying frig or flipping all the time you know what right. i mean yeah. so yeah um, so i just just as kind of a caveat before people dig in all, or yep. dig in with little it, kids around or whatever i mean yeah, um, yeah i would exactly so i would be cautionary of that but but the show itself yes. is so wholesome um <laughs> it's incredible yeah yeah so i mean just kind of a of 40,000 foot flyover of, of what the show is about. Um, Ted Lasso is an American football coach. He coaches in Kansas and he's brought in his first season coaching for them. He brings them to a championship and, mm -hmm. and he's kind of like the every man character. I mean, there's, you know, it's not like he's the most, um, uh, attractive or great with words or like he's this brilliant, like, Bill Belichick kind of football coach or something. Um, but he's incredibly likable and personable, uh, relational as well. And he values, he values his players uh, more than he values other things. Um, and so mm. he is brought um, over to the UK by uh, the owner of a football team who has actually uh, been divorced from her husband. The two of them had co-owned the team together. And her plan basically is to run this British football team into the ground. Um, <laughs> Sorry, as, it was his baby. <laughs> right, right. As revenge um, against her ex-husband. And so... So Ted Lasso goes and brings his kind of sidekick or right-hand man, uh, Coach Beard, with him over to UK and switches from American football, which he knew fairly well, to UK football, which he doesn't know at or all. Or worldwide I football. Mean, <laughs> yeah. And so, so it, you know, I mean, if you talk about scripts and stories and stuff, uh, it's a pretty typical story, the fish-out-of-water story, uh, mm -hmm. as far as, you know, this... This Kansas guy with a deep Southern accent, Southern humor, a lot of cultural like embeddedment for him where he he doesn't necessarily know. Uh, I don't know. He uh, Yeah, he's just kind of a likable guy. And then he goes into this fairly hostile environment with a team that has a history, but isn't necessarily winning very well. And um, and it just from that point on it it just kind of spirals out. And um, so, uh, you know, there's a lot of themes here uh, that I think, you know, as many episodes as it takes for us to, to get through, we'll probably kind of um, go. Me the, give me the high, give me yeah. the high view and maybe dive into a couple. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. it's a highly, it's highly relational. I mean, I think that's important. The show's highly relational. Um, it's actually very realistic. Yeah. Um, the, the themes that they explore are, are common, but they're very realistic. Uh, I think the show always leaves you with hope. It mm -hmm. always leaves you with a sense of hope. Um, and that's, that's one of the things I hear over and over and over from people is, you know, we needed this kind of show, especially in this last two years, just that it, it gives you this sense of hope that even though there's real challenges, real conflicts, real things that they're working through, um, it's not this negative, you know, just hanging on a negative thread every single episode, or you got to wait till the end of the season to see how that's turned out. There, there's because I, it's relationship, and you can see the cast. They always talk. They they always talk about they really like each other. Like in real life, they all really really like each other. Many of them are friends, and that really translates in the show. And and so, John, I just want to couch this here, and we'll come back to it. Um, I think this is a great. Um, the thing I love observing the most is building team like this. It's mm -hmm. the best message for the church. Mm -hmm. That's what I think of yeah. how you navigate through emotions, navigate through hurts, navigate through people's individual stories and bring a team and find golden people and all that different kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's what yeah. I'm looking at while I'm watching the show too. Right. So, yeah. Oh no, real, really good. I, well, and it's interesting. I think something that you said really sticks out to me, Joel, the fact that, uh, that this is a show that I think people, I mean, some of the conversations you're having with people who are saying, we needed this show for this moment in time. I mean, it's amazing to me. And I don't think you can underestimate the fact that there are certain um, things that if they had come at any other time, would they have had the same impact? Would they have felt 
quite as poignant to us as they do in that moment. Um, mm. I, I mean, completely different thing. But in the beginning of the pandemic, what was it? It was Tiger King, right? Like, I mean, everyone felt like we needed something to completely distract us from the reality of what was in front of us. And it ended up being this train wreck of a guy in, that was, that was kind of chronicled in, in the Tiger King. And then you come to this place, you know, a year into the pandemic, and you're like, okay, we need more than just a distraction. We need, we need hope. We need and we need people. We need human. We need human feel. We need right. like we're craving seeing people. For a yep. lot of people, this is who are have still been in extreme lockdown or whatever it might be. You know, this is the best of living vicariously. Do you know what I mean? I mean, to me, oh, when yeah. I watch the show, it's one of the things where it's even more than friends or anything like that. It's it's because it's really quite realistic mm-hmm. even even some of the simplicity of some of the things and it's a funny cultural juxtaposition where you have him like you said from the midwest whatever coming into coming into the uk and the in the stigma is that people from the uk are not warm but they are it's kind of like mm-hmm. new englanders they they right. aren't but they are and once you're in like, yes. like make no mistake once ted has earned his spot in you even the guys in the bar who watch the game like you can't you you can't come at him. Do right. you know what I mean? Oh, like it's absolutely. a community thing. Yeah. Once you're in, you're in. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I may have said this on a previous episode, but I, I I've used the analogy before, having lived down down south for you know going on two decades now after being raised mm. in in the north. Um, Northerners are are like a hard shell you know, candy, right? Like, I mean, you've got to break that hard shell. And then once you get through that, you realize that there's something soft on the inside. Well, like, um, Southerners are more like gummy candies, right? Like you, you, you can press and you think you're getting to the center and you bounce (laughs) back again. So, I mean, you know, no offense to all you Southerner listeners out there. I mean, it's, it's not a criticism. It's just a statement of my experience that, you know, Sometimes people are like that, that you have to get through a hard shell. And once you get through, I mean, I'm like that. And they're obviously, and they're obviously, they're obviously generalisms, you know, generalizations, but but for the most part, that's the way it can appear. And I think that, um, you know, I mean, climate and culture and all those things have, have something to do with it. Right. We're all a little happier when it's warm out. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, but you're talking about the same kind of people. I mean, ancestrally in a colonial sense, you're talking about the same kind of people and there's this, it's funny because you couldn't take almost the two polar opposites because there are times when he's really grating, Mm -hmm. um, you know, on people because he's so cheery and he has all of his puns all the time. He's real punny. You know what I mean? And all that kind of stuff. And it's like, you could see on their faces where they're like, dude, shut up. Right. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, it's funny because I know you're a Yankees fan. We're not going to even go into anything. I'm going to stay away from it. But, but the first person I thought of was Yogi Berra, right? Like mm-hmm. Yogi Berra was renowned for his yogiisms, right? Like he just had these sayings all the time that you're like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not over, it ain't over till it's over, and you know, all these things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Ted Lasso is like a new version of Yogi Berra in some ways. For sure. For is sure. that he's got he's got all these sayings. And in, in the first episode, you know, he's throwing stuff out there left and right. You can and like he's so witty and quick that like he, they pass by London, like the Tower Bridge, right? And he's like, um, that's the Tower Bridge. He's like, right, the London Bridge, because this, this one's still up, he says. And like, if you're not if you're not really paying right. attention, stuff will go right past you. And you're like, wait a minute. Oh, or my if gosh. you have no idea what you have no idea what that is, because you just don't even know. Right. right. I love that kind of stuff, too. Oh, where so you just catch I. all those nuances. Right? Yeah. And, so. and I, I mean, now having watched the first season twice, um, like every subsequent watching I, I'm getting new stuff out of it, and I'm I'm mm-hmm. seeing stuff that I missed before because I was paying attention. I, I, I and I like like you. I love that kind of stuff. The old Warner Brothers cartoons were like that. Bugs Bunny and stuff. Mm-hmm. Where man, if you took your eyes off or stopped paying attention for a split second, you would miss mm-hmm. stuff. A- Animaniacs was another one. You know where like they pull all this stuff out. And you're like, oh my gosh, I need to rewind because I, it's like reading a book 
and all of a sudden you realize you've read five pages and you completely zoned out and you didn't catch anything. That happens to me way too often, especially as I get older. But um, with shows and movies like this, where it's su- it's such good writing and such witty like phrases and stuff like that, that you say, hey, wow, like this is this is really funny and and i think that was one of the the brilliant things about the the pilot was that he he threw out a bunch of those things you know the the london bridge reference and um he talks about how many countries are in this country and uh because the uk is really made up of you know four different countries right so Mm -hmm. um but yeah um yeah i listen i mean I'm resonating with you on that. And I think um, as we dive into some of the themes here, um, one of the things that, you know, I'd like people to be cognizant of is that um, this is the kind of, this is the kind of show that if you start it, you're going to, you're going to finish it all (laughs) right away. And almost, you know, it's not the feeling of um, you're definitely going to want more, but it's not just because, I mean, the story is good, but it's actually, it's just because it feels like a piece of life that we all want or Mm -hmm. that we envy. And and I have to say, this is one of the things I take away is this is the closest thing to me that would be. And I know we, we had that uh, disclaimer at the beginning about kind of the language and, you know, it's not that it's nonstop, but there's a colloquialism. Like I'm used to, if you've lived abroad or you're used to being traveling a lot, there's just a certain way. And I want, we watch a lot of British TV or films or whatever anyway. But the point is, is that once you get kind of past that, the show is just this wholesome feel like actually I feel like so many of the themes explored in the show and there's no like token this character or token that character with some agenda. It just feels like real people. And so there's this, there's so many things that you can take away. I've taken away pastorally, like in leadership, just so many things oh like, man gosh. i need to approach my team yeah. this way or you know i was thinking about someone who reminds me of one of the players who's having a difficulty and i'm like i gotta go now i gotta go back and talk to them about this or like you know see if i can pull this out from a different angle or or reimagine what i'm doing with youth you know what i mean like oh yeah and, and so there it's it's not just a passive experience and i think that that's yeah i would hope that anything you read or watch can become active as well that you're always pulling something out of it right and i think that's the point of our show like what we're talking about really yeah oh yeah yeah i i completely agree and i think you're right i i i found myself just again because of the context in which i find myself asking that question about what lessons do i have to learn as an individual what lessons does the church have to learn about this because in actuality, one of the things that as I watch this this TV show, I say, you know, Ted acts like a Christ, more of a Christian than some Christians I know. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it, it, big time. I mean, and and like that's the piece that I feel like is missing because I, I think the question that I I go to all the time is sort of the origin question of where does this all come from? Like if a person is acting angry and frustrated and lashing out at people, it's usually about something else. What's going on there. If somebody's acting like Ted Lasso does all positive, all kinds of, you know, uh, spinning the, Mm. you know, finding the silver lining and everything. I'm still asking that question. Like what's driving you? What's, what's at the heart of who you are that's making you be who you are, whether it's overly positive or overly negative or whatever. Um, it's, it's just a question that I constantly come up with and, and and I, I want to know, you know, <laughs> that dude, that, that is so, that is so dead on. And, and we all know people like that. I think we know people where we say to ourselves, wow, they, they're, they're dis, they're distributing more kingdom value than mm-hmm. we are. And, oh, yeah. and that's what we say a lot is people, there are people who, who live kingdom values, but they don't know the king yet. Yes. And that's come on someone like him. I think I think of someone like him. Um, it, and even as the characters develop, like you think about how Roy Kent develops from this yep. hardened shell to this. He still keeps that demeanor. But but he, you know, by the second season, I want not too many spoilers. He's he's 
you're just he's discovering more about himself his heart is softening but it, you know even jamie's experience and all of them there's this whole idea of um man what what would it be like on one more step if you know if they knew the king if they knew right. jesus like what oh, yeah. It, yeah or or would that you know some people i mean not to be cheeky but for some of us it's like or would that just ruin it <laughs> <laughs> hopefully it wouldn't hopefully yeah. that wouldn't be the case right yeah yeah well and and one thing that kept popping out in my head to watching this you know you mentioned roy roy kent and and there are multiple people in multiple different interactions that mm-hmm. will draw people or will cause people to really do that inner searching of themselves to say, okay, w- what am I really struggling with here? What am I dealing with? And I, I, I think, you know, w- with Roy, it was, it was Ted and, and Keely who, mm. who they see past that outer shell and they say, okay, I want to get, in and find out what's what's really going on underneath the surface. Yeah, and she's I, she's definitely the female equivalent of him. Oh yeah, in a ton of ways. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I can't well because she does it with Rebecca too, right? I mean, she yeah, she they're, helps. they're just really off. They're kind of authentic people, right? Um, when you peel some layers away, and, and that's the thing. People who put up walls, that you know, it's hard for them, right? So. Oh yeah. Well, and and I think one of the things that. I notice when it comes to these kinds of relational issues and stuff, um, it's um, just the fact that it takes time. I mean, and Ted has this patience that he's willing to, you know, put himself out there for the sake of helping others experience. I, he he had a quote that... Um, in episode three, that really, really stood out to me. Um, Rebecca, yeah. Rebecca is trying to, you know, deep six the team, and and she's put him in as like a laughing stock as the coach and whatever. She sends this this journalist named Trent Krim from the Independent to come right, and right. write this scathing, you know. Uh, yeah, I like that. Yep. Thing about him that makes everyone realize like this guy is a complete buffoon and whatever. And and Ted just does what he does with everyone. He invites Trent in and lets him go to a school with he and uh, Roy as they congratulate mm. their primary schools like uh, winning, you know, soccer team. They go to an right. they go to a Indian restaurant together that's run by a friend uh, a guy that Ted has befriended. And right. um and and Trent is just asking Ted, "Hey, like what what's the deal? You know, you've lost a lot of games and what's going on?" And and Ted says, "I've never concerned myself with wins and losses." Um, and then as he starts talking about success, and I think that's another big theme throughout the series, he, he, Ted says to Trent, for me, success is not about the wins and losses. It's about helping these young fellows be the best version of themselves on and off the field. And it ain't Mm. always easy, but neither is growing up without someone believing in you. And I like, to me, that was like a mic drop moment, right? Like, dude, dude, I get all, I get all emotional when you're talking about, there's so many, those kind of moments where that's what I'm talking about. Like that, right. That there is like, dude, I'm, I'm watching the next episode for me, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, and you think about what that looks like for us as individuals, you know, for us as pastors, uh, other people as well. What does it look like to have the kind of interactions with other people where right. we leave them as better versions of themselves than we found them? I mean, I, I, I don't mm. I think, you know, you, your parents and my parents had similar values, Joel. And one of the things that my right. mom always talked to me about was, are you leaving something better than you found it. If you borrow something from someone, are you returning it back like worn down, dirty and nasty? Or are you returning it back as if they'd had it the whole time? And when you when you encounter a person, when you go to a place, whatever it is, are, are you going into those places? Are you going into those relationships and saying, I want to leave this place and I want to leave these people as better versions of themselves than I found them. Um, And you think about the impact of 
coaches and teachers and other like others who do that pastors if they took that perspective I, I mean like we've talked about it before that my last year was a really really tough year for my son in baseball he's he's a pretty mm-hmm. gifted player but he was stuck with a guy who just was certainly no Ted Lasso I mean and and I think about what would happen if like coaches, especially coaches of young, mm-hmm. young kids, really thought about how am I leaving these kids better than I found them, you know? Right. Yep. I hear you, man. Um, that's exactly, I, I think it connects on that level too, because that's actually how I, that sounds ridiculous. That's actually how I coach. And it's the kind of coaches that I like mm-hmm. um, on a team. Well, you know, and, and I'll I'll share this. We, we live in an instant gratification culture, right? Like, especially in sports these days and everything at our fingertips and everybody thinks they're a pro, you know, coach and draft, you know, a GM because they play Madden or whatever it is. And it's the most aggravating thing. You know, your Patriots are more mortal now. They're in a rebuilding. They've got a great, you know, yep. one, I was telling my sons, I go, one of, the, one of the problems with winning all the time in the NFL is you don't have a lot of <laughs> capital to, to, to go grab so-and-so and so-and-so. You got to build the best of every player. Now, what I like about judge being over in New York, I think he's the actual real disciple of Belichick. If you want to use that Mm -hmm. is he coaches that same way, which is everybody starts at the same playing ground, no matter who you are, Mm. but it's everybody. Where can they play? They've all learned to play different positions. And it's this whole building of a, um, I mean, it's a very bill thing, right? It's a, it's a whole building of a, of a culture where next man up, next man up, next man up. Um, and it's not that you're, uh, dismissible. It's just that there's always a plan B and a plan C, but, but in that it's working on the character, the character of the person, you know, both of those organizations actually kind of stem from one another. And, and it's about, um, you know, I mean, it's not too often you get like, oh, these guys are being jerks or doing all this extra stuff out in the media and getting in trouble and all that kind of stuff because there's a culture in those teams. Right. Mm-hmm. And and in that kind of ideology. And so what I'm saying is you can see there's an actual investment. So where everybody wants win, win, win. Now, all of a sudden there's that Saints game, which was, you know, nobody saw that coming. But it's like that's where you start seeing the building blocks and you and I've been watching ball for a long time mm-hmm. and like in the eighties yep. and in the nineties and all that stuff, you know, when they were building, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. There wasn't everybody all at the game in 1988, unless they really were a fan of the Patriots or something, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So the point was, is that it takes time. Like yeah. it was like 15 years of working on that before you get to the enter Tom Brady, you know, it was yeah. really like in the Bledsoe years before that they were building that, that culture right and yeah. so it's building blocks but everybody wants right now okay this yes. season okay oh. we, we need to win the whole thing this season we need to win the i'd rather the reason they sustained it and i can admire it without being a fan is I, actually i i don't mind them but the point is 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 the sustaining for two decades is because you build the culture mm-hmm. that is constant and consistent it's about your players and their experience there and what are you pouring into them so anyway i digress i like to coach that way with my kids yeah because it's all about what am i putting into them like right yeah they're not all going to be pros (laughs) oh my gosh yeah (laughs) absolutely well and and i think this is why when you know jesus in the gospels Mm. so many of his stories are are like agricultural stories because the process of growing things in in nature takes time and and it requires that slow like drudge drudging at times of just doing the same things and feeling like oh are we are we are we seeing the results here like when you when you plant things and you don't see anything for days or, or whatever it is and you look at trees right like i mean i'm always yeah. I, I, we we've had a, an interesting kind of evolution in the, our backyard about trees and we had these really crummy trees there for a while as soon as a big 
like storm came through, they blew them down, and I got so angry and frustrated, surprise, surprise, right? And, and then we planted these evergreens, and I remember when those things were like three feet tall, and now they're like 25, 30 feet tall, but like they didn't get mm. there overnight, you know? Right. It was over this process, and I think um, I am learning more and more in my own relationships the value of just sitting there being present with people really hearing them and and then saying hey uh, am i am i going to try to push through something or am i going to sit in this with them because mm. to your to your point i think we try to push 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 through stuff and we're trying to force people along the process much faster than they want to go and that's the, right the beauty of, of that's not how discipleship works right oh no not at all and so um you know and it gets to a point with ted lasso that people start seeing his mo they're like oh i know what you're doing like when he starts investing in roy roy's like stay away from me you know get away because i know exactly what you're trying to do here and yet it, that doesn't throw Ted off at all. He continues to pursue that relationship first, um, and and progression and growth as as an outcome of relationship rather than as the focus of relationship. And it's a big difference. I mean, I think there's a big big difference between I'm befriending you, Joel, because I see, and this is I'm speaking not not truly, but like I I see somebody who's like, oh, you're pathetic. I can help you out. I'm gonna befriend you, and that's my my whole reason for befriending you is that rather than saying, right. you know what, I I think that guy seems like someone I could hang out with. And then mm -hmm. you start, you get to know them and you say, Hey, you know, maybe there's something that we can benefit from with each other here. Right. But, but and, and yeah, we, we could do a whole episode on, you know, colonial colonization and Christianity of how we've kind of gone into places with that posture of saying, Hey, look, here we are. We've got everything you need now come along rather than saying, how can I know you love you as Jesus would? And then in the process of getting to know and love one another, we actually can help to better one another because despite popular belief in the church, um, we can learn as much from people who are far from Jesus as people um, who have Jesus uh, that try to help those people learn stuff as well. You know, I mean, I think I'm, we I'm just, being facetious. So I'm going to say, what what was that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and I didn't phrase well, it well. True. But yeah, yeah. No, I you 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 said it well. And and uh, if people were watching the video as we discuss it, I, I love the the look on your face while you're saying it. But it, 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 listen. Everything you just said there is like, to we could, I mean, we could stop there and just get out the shovels and keep digging, right? Sure. So, I mean, and it's not about, it's also not about being totally pessimistic and negative and pointing blame because the colonists came in. You, like, you can't, you can't change that. What's, what's done is done. But what we can do is own it, mm -hmm. uh, look into it, learn from it, um, ask forgiveness where it's needed. And then genuinely find the ways to move forward and stop being that way. That is yeah. a huge part of our culture. And I'll tell you, mm. uh, the one thing that does differ from here and in the United States, because we're actually more similar than you think, and even democratically, even though we have a, a, a democratic mar monarchy, is there is a different posture. This is the one biggest thing, John, and now I've lived in three countries, but the, the one biggest thing is there's mm -hmm. a different posture here in general, which is the communal here, most people for the most part, I'm generalizing, but here the attitude is it's about the community and the people around us first. Now I'm not talking about mm -hmm. the church that still has the sure. North American thumbprint on it, uh -huh. but it's about the community commonwealth first and then it whittles down to the individual's needs. Mm -hmm. It's the it's about what does the next person need. In the States, it's the opposite. It's actually, it's about me and my yes. own personal needs and freedoms, and then other people who might be my neighbors. Yeah. And it, I don't think it always used to be that way, but it's, but it's, that's ingrained in the two because it's all about 
you know, what what are people arguing about no matter what? It's always my, my, my. Right. My my is more important than your. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And I know I'm generalizing, but I'm saying, dude, yeah, realistically, well, yeah. those are the two biggest differences and, and in how we respond to stuff. It's interesting that you bring that point up. So I was listening to a, t- a, t- a TED talk this morning a, that was done by a guy in Canada who is part of an indigenous people group. And and he was talking about, similar to what you're saying, this, this whole inviting people to the table, people who, and I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, after all that we've been through in the United States, like some of us have still not even figured that out. And like Canada, I just felt like listening to this, kind of half listening, half driving, right? Because that's what I was doing. But, but um, I'm like, oh man, uh, just what does that look like when we invite people to the table with stuff? And um, I, I, you know, I don't. Well, I think that was the whole, wasn't that the whole point of what we learned about, you know, when the pilgrims came and how, for the most part, how welcoming the indigenous were there to them. Like if they didn't show them how to do agriculture in that soil, they would have right. died. Right. If they didn't show them how to do adapt, if they weren't going to just plant all potatoes, you know what I mean? If they didn't show them how to do things where they were and corn saved their lives, like different kinds of agriculture oh, yeah. that, you know, the, the way that they utilize things and, and. And again, no peoples are perfect, but it's like that's the welcome open hand. And I think in general, a lot of the indigenous were that way in our North American continents with with people coming in. And it's not that everybody was bad or responded. Bad people lived in community together. I mean, I love, you know, Last of the Mohicans is obviously a fictional story. But what I like about the the, in the movie is fantastic. It's a great one. Mm -hmm. But what I love about that is when you see, um, you know, um, Daniel Day-Lewis, he's adopted in by mm-hmm. uh, the son and the father who are the last Mohican people. Anyway, they, they go around together and you see them in the communities of different colonists where they're welcomed in, they're part of the family. You know, when, when those people get killed off, they're grieving. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like there yeah. was this harmony amongst people that live together in fellowship. Right. So it's not all this and this, but in general, we come in with a broadsword and wipe things out. And John, I would challenge one more thing. And people are probably going to uh, call me what you want <laughs> hey, or get bring mad it, at me. Bring it. Line, line up. Get in line. But if you're if you're if you're a listener from the states, I'm just going to say this: if you're a listener from the states and you're actually a professing Christian, I'm going to definitely say this: um, is it weakness to acknowledge the fact that we are not perfect? Mm. Is it weakness to say ancestrally this has happened to this mm. group of people? Yep. It's happened. Yeah. There's movies, there's books, there's history. This has happened. Yes. I have not done it, but it has been done somewhere down the line. Yes. And I am a benefactor of it, whatever that is. So let's call it what it is. Let's repent yeah. and ask forgiveness and repent and turn from it. And then go in a new direction, which is going to take work and time. Yes. It's going to take reconciliation. Yeah. And at least we've addressed it here. And it's not perfectly working out, but at least we've addressed it. Like our body of churches mm-hmm. wrote a massive letter five years ago in Truth mm-hmm. and Reconciliation, which we just had the first celebration of that last month with our mm-hmm. indigenous. I mean, do you know how many church Catholic schools there were in this country that murdered hundreds upon hundreds of children. They're still finding their bodies, right? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we have to address that. And in our church fellowship, the CBAC is actually, I read it, John, and I was reading it and, and it's hard not to come to tears. And the long story short is they're saying in it, we repent of this. Yeah. And even though we didn't have direct dealings with this, we didn't say anything. We didn't do enough to stand up for you. And we want to turn from this and we want to walk from because not because it says not to be politically correct, but because our Lord Jesus mm. commands it. Mm. That's yeah. how we are to be and to yeah. move forward. And what I'm saying is, dude, I wrote to my sister and I go, could you imagine the American church oh ever saying that? No. And I don't mean to be haughty no. about it. I'm just saying, I can't even imagine saying, you know what? We have done this. Right. To our brothers and sisters, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, well, and and or hum- allowed it to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, humility goes a long way, and we need to figure that out. And and yeah, if my I, I people, mean, 
if yeah. my people will pray. You know who right. if my people are? Yeah. They're the people of the kingdom. Right. They're the people of Christ. And we belong to him, not to ourselves. We don't actually have freedom apart from God. Yeah. We're, we're his. No, that's, that's, dude. A, so that's it's a not, good word. If, anyway, yeah. man, I'm just saying it yeah. because it all ties back in. This show is so relationally driven and I think mm-hmm. we crave it and we're yeah. really bad at it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. And, and as much as we see the, the Ted's and the Keeley's characters in, in this show, I think one of the, the, there's the two opposite characters of Ted and Keeley that I would say are, are Rupert and, and Jamie. Um, oh yes. And, and we, I mean, we can, maybe what we'll do is we'll, we can continue in our next episode about it, but let me yep. just at least introduce this idea yeah. to you because I, I think just like what I was saying before, where you take somebody like Ted, who, who's, whose whole uh, ideology is to walk into a relationship and say, how do I leave a person better than I found them? I think mm. you, you see someone like Jamie and Rupert who probably have the complete opposite perspective because it, it is like heart wrenching to me as I watch these episodes to see how cruel both of them can be. And that's the best word I can think of. Is that like, you know, Jamie, he, he just, he, he's to a point where not only does he pick on Nate, you know, the, the, um, Indian guy who's, who's in the the locker room, who kind of ends up being the towel boy. I can't remember exactly what his, his role is, is called. He he was basically team man. He was a team manager. Yeah. Right. So he, Anyway, Jamie goes so far as to get his little, you know, minions to start picking on Nate. And then he just sits back and watches it. And then same thing with Rupert. Like Rupert has this impeccable timing for and Rupert is uh, is Rebecca's ex-husband. But he's got this Mm. impeccable timing that when Rebecca is like almost at her most vulnerable and weakest, that Mm. he comes in and says some of the cruelest things that you would ever expect someone to say or not expect someone to say Mm. to a person. And so in in almost the complete opposite way that Ted walks into a situation, he, he has the emotional intelligence enough to be able to assess what's going on in the room with the people it's almost like they both have the same superpower right both rupert and ted have the same superpower but but ted uses it for good and rupert uses it for evil because he goes into a room he sees the vulnerability of rebecca and instead of bringing her up he pushes her down and how many people have we seen in life even within the church who do that same thing oh man and and now not to give too many spoilers but that's what the joy is in the next season is you see that story develop and you realize jamie has a story that you i mean there's that one episode that just i was like in tears especially how roy reacted to it and all that i won't won't talk too much but the brokenness and the abuse in people's lives. We never know what people are carrying in their lives, right? Oh, we don't gosh, know what baggage yes. they're bringing into a situation. Yep. Someone you think is just mean, black and white. There may be, there's definitely going to be things of layer. You know, there are people who are just mean to be mean because right. they are, oh, yeah. but there's these layers. And, and honestly, as we get to know more of Ted, the, you know, the next season is really more about him um, needing to unpack his stuff. Right. And so, yeah. th- you know, but, it, but you're right. It's the posture of, do I use these experiences of which are not all rosy and great, no matter what your upbringing is, do I use these and leverage them to give life to other people mm. and, and to give them platform to, to raise them up? Or do I use them to bully and push down because I'm trying to fill a void in a hole in my own life? You know, and I would speak to this. Passive aggression is a big thing. Most people's conflict style is passive aggressiveness. And the passive aggressive person can't stand the person who is right and not is willing to hit conflict head on. Like he's not afraid of it. And that doesn't mean backing down or, or it doesn't mean even being mean with it, but just being like, hey, what is going on here? You know, a passive person will be like, oh, nothing. And they won't really let you in, but they'll make comments that are strategic, you know, comments that (laughs) are strategic at hitting you in the right place to make you feel inferior, to make you feel like something is wrong. And then they'll turn and walk away. And so that's the two styles there. And I think that, you know, Ted is very head on. 
Right. Oh, yeah. He's very head on and straight up what you see is what you get, even though there's more to unpack. And Jamie is also very head on, but his is, you know, operating out of a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. And I like his journey. I yeah. actually like the journey of the story. Yeah. Right. But oh. all those guys, they all yep. have a journey they're on. Right. Yeah. So, and that's yeah. that should speak to us, man. That's that's what it's about. Like we have a journey. That's where everybody is met and we got to walk on it. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's probably a good way, a good place for us to park, at least for today. I mean, it's yep, we will a, we will pick up again. A lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll at least hit um, one more episode uh, next time, uh, talking about at least the first season, and then yeah, we'll, we'll do we'll, we'll do figure a part out, two for sure. We'll figure out what we'll do with um, the second season. I, w one thing that I was going to say too, because I like one of the things that as we continue on with this podcast that that I think has been funny because of just the wealth of of information that the two of us have for you know music books movies tv shows all that stuff um there's a six degrees of separation that i think happens <laughs> with so much of our stuff and we That's end right. up saying oh well that reminds me of this or this reminds <laughs> me of that well just to kind of hark back to some past episodes we a few episodes ago we did uh we, we looked at the movie garden state which was written mm -hmm. and directed and starred Zach Braff, who actually right. directed episode two of the first season of Ted Lasso. And That's right. his, his episode was actually one of the ones that was nominated for an Emmy. So, mm -hmm. so everything's kind of interconnected here. There are some sinews that are, that are connecting and I'm sure we'll find I think more. even how, even how the next thing comes out, it'll be something we talked about and it comes back to and all that. Right. right. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that definitely. So. Well, I look forward to picking up um, on the next round. And I hope today that, uh, you know, not only is it an encouragement to check this really great show out, because it is one of those that is a great show. But secondly, um, you know, I hope it gives you some some nuggets. Like as I walk away, I'll probably re-listen to things and just chew on. So how do we live life with people? How are we doing with relationships with people around us? And if if you are in a ministry leadership type or any kind of leadership role, whether it be corporate or whatever, how are you leveraging your power and your influence? Are you like Ted? Or are you like Jamie? How, how are you bringing that into your relationships, right? So good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and just to our listeners, hey, thanks for listening. We're so grateful for yeah, those you. of you who have taken the time and and then who share it too. We're we're the only way that this can really get out is is when you share it. We have an email address, and if you want to sponsor it, we're all for it. Oh yeah, absolutely. We um we have an email address podcast between the frames at gmail.com. So we would love to hear from you too. If there's something that, that sparked something in your head as you listened, or if there's some movies or TV shows or other things that you'd love to hear us kind of vamp on. Yeah, we'd for like a to have that while. conversation. Yeah. We would yep. love to get that. So feel free to email us again, podcast between the frames at gmail.com. would love to hear from you. If you're digging the show, uh, we'd love for you to go on iTunes and to give it a review, make some comments and share and it we're out. on anchor and Spotify, right? Yeah. Well. Anchor, Spotify, yep. Google podcasts. There's a couple other ones that um, mm. I forget because I don't, it's not where I listen, so I'm sorry. But anyway, um, but thanks. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Thanks, Joel. And uh, thank you. We hope that you will join us again as we try to figure out what's lurking there between the frames. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Between the Frames with John and Joel. If you like what you've heard today, please remember to click subscribe and give a share and a follow on social media. Each episode will look to dive into the deeper meanings behind movies, music, and culture as it relates to life and faith. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.